I'm Ted Baker in the studios of WEOS and WHWS at the Scaling Center here at the colleges, and this is the Hobart Football Podcast, Episode 34, Postseason Wrap-Up Edition. I'm joined by the head coach of the Statesman, Kevin DeWall. Welcome back. Thanks for having me. Do you get and do you want a chance at the end of the season for a few days or a week or so to just put everything football aside and just take a deep breath? Uh, you have to force the moments. Uh with the uh, the game happening right before Thanksgiving, fortunately there was a couple days, uh, you know, right around that Thanksgiving time where I had quality time with the family and and um, was good. But uh, we quickly shifted from you know end of the year operations things we got to have in terms of some conversations with some of our guys and just you know it's a heavy recruiting time right now. So that's that's one of the reasons why we've even delayed this podcast is just the recruiting piece for myself and our staff and. Uh, we focus on uh, our current guys, making sure that they can finish up the semester really, really strong here as we're heading to finals. And then at the same time, it's it's 100% full bore into recruiting right now. So not much time, but uh, always enjoy that time when I can with my family. I'm not going to spend a long time on the bowl game. 10-6 loss to Utica in the bowl. Uh, one thing I did notice, in your eight wins this year, you rushed for 208 yards per game. In the three losses, exactly half that, 104. And it was just another one of those days where it was tough to move the ball. Line of scrimmage. Yeah. Uh, and we've talked about it before. And uh, we uh, we knew Utica's defensive front was really strong. I think they had, if I remember correctly, it was a couple weeks ago, but 14 seniors in their defensive two deep. So, yeah, And some of those were five-year seniors. So no doubt, like, uh, you know, we, we tried to stay. And, and actually, the, the way the game played out um, – you know, we ran it efficiently enough to kind of help complement the passing game, and you know, really, it came down to a couple turnovers. That that game, I think we feel pretty confidently we should have found a way to to win that one in, in a close defensive battle. But um, no, I thought our guys played hard. We didn't execute as well as we needed to, but their front was good. They were moving. They were strong, and um, that affected you know our ability to run consistently. But that, that being said, I thought our defense and special teams and offense played well enough to win the game if we can just, you know, one or two plays here or there. And, and now we just have a different feel of how that season finishes up. But ultimately, you know, if you look at those couple games that we didn't come out on the top end in the scoreboard, um, the line of scrimmage, and we know that. We, we knew that all year long, and uh, that's one of the things we're, we're working to change. You finished 8-3. and three. Your losses came to two NCAA teams and an NCAA team from last year in Utica. What are your overall thoughts now that you've had a chance to reflect a bit on Team 129? Yeah, I think it was a team that, uh, you know, we, we, we kind of, uh, I told the staff afterwards, and it's tough to, to in the moment to take a look at it, but watching the film and whatnot, you know, we, we pretty much played up to our potential in most of the games. You know, I think there's a couple of things you can talk from an execution standpoint, but our guys played hard. I mean, that's the one thing I loved about our team. There was no doubt when it was time to compete, our guys played hard. Um, and uh, that's all we asked of our guys. We talked about controlling the effort and the attitude and the toughness, and they brought that. And, uh, you know, honestly, we lost to three good teams. Now, we could have beat any of those three, so we're right there in that mix. But, you know, we also beat some teams that, you know, had really good seasons. So I think especially at the tail end of the season, uh, this team stayed the course better than maybe some in the past couple of years. Uh, the trajectory is really, really good. And, and if, uh, if the younger guys who are returning you know, really jump in and buy into what we're doing, uh, the momentum and the direction is very clear and it's heading in the right direction. What do you know, if anything, about fourth-year seniors who might come back for a fifth? This is going to be the final year that we're allowed to do that. Yeah, we have some guys that are uh, having those conversations with their families. Uh, most of those conversations have already had, so I don't think 
we're going to have many. Uh, I think our uh, graduating seniors, there's a handful of them that have had a really good career and are going to finish up and, you know, uh, whether that's going on for further schooling or, or accepting jobs, a lot of them are positioning themselves pretty well to be successful afterwards. There are a couple who've already, you know, thought through and are planning on doing that. And then I think, um, I, I, I've talked with some, and I think some will happen over the, the break here between the holidays and when they return in January. There'll be some clear conversations. There'll be a couple of them that'll decide at that point whether they're going to stay in our winter workouts and get ready for spring ball and, and really prepare for next year. But um, you know, I think it's going to be a, uh, a situation where um, you know we support whatever they decide. You know, and, and if I'm them, I would strongly consider between the educational opportunities and the internships and some of the connections of staying that extra year it's, it's worth it but at the ultimate time we're going to support whatever they and their families decide how much recruiting do you do do you get heavily involved in these conversations or do you say your decision your life you you have to make it yeah i, I ultimately respect what they and their families say um anyone that knows me knows i'm a pretty straight shooter so i'm gonna have very honest and candid conversations with all those players as we do with everyone whether it's a first year or a senior we're going to go through how they did on the field, in the weight room, off the field, and, and, and really just uh, from A to Z cover as thoroughly as we can what went well, what, what areas can we improve on. I, I just believe that's, that's the growth mindset is how do we find ways to improve. And uh, so those conversations will happen. They'll be really honest. And, and like I said, the transparency is we will welcome any of you guys back. Um, and I think at the same time, some of them are probably ready to move on, and that's okay too. So the role is going to be really clear. Um, you know, we've already kind of made that transition. We have a team meeting tomorrow. We're going to talk about building for the next team, and uh, you know, there's some there's a handful of guys that got to really figure out what that next step looks like for them. But um, you know, whoever's here, we're ready to roll up our sleeves, and, and we're going to take a step forward for next year. So you led into my next question, which is, as a staff, what are the conversations you're having right now? We're this close to where we want to be. How do we get over that hump, win a league title, go to the tournament? Yeah, we're, we're very, very close. Uh, and I think that's the thing where uh, the roster, uh, there were certain positions coming out of the COVID situation. And just if you look at depth of certain positions, we've been building the right way. Um, the, the, the greatest thing that I looked at from last year to this year is those first years last year who didn't have a huge role many of them took a significant step forward this year. So if you saw a handful of those sophomores out there that didn't have as large a role last year, they did this year. Well, that's that's a good sign because I think we have a really good recruiting class that's going to be coming in, and, and that's how you build it. Here, we're not going to live off the transfer portal. Uh, we have really good retention. I think we do a great job of connecting with our students, investing in them, developing them, things that don't happen elsewhere uh, to the same intent that we have. So some guys got to really decide, you know, if they, if they want to be a part of this, we're really, really close to flipping it. And the teams that have won the line of scrimmage have won the conference the last couple of years. Um, and you look at it, whether it's a combination of defensively, but especially offensively, the teams that have been able to be the best running teams. Uh, usually if you can run the ball, you can protect your quarterback, you can do other things. And, and I'm not just downplaying other positions, but that's the area that we're going to be much more experienced at next year. We already have a couple commitments in this class in terms of the offensive line. And I think um, you know if, if we hold serve and everyone gets a year older, you're better, you're stronger, you're smarter, all those things that we can do by the time we play again in August – um, I think we're going to be a really formidable team, and we're going to play a, a, a really significant uh, strength. of schedule is going to be increased for next year, so everything is kind of forwarding the way we thought as much as you can plan it. 
but there's a lot of things that are going to happen from now to August. And, and every young man on our team is going to have to really look themselves in the mirror and figure out, like, what, what do I want my experience to look like and what am I willing to do? We all know what they're capable of doing. What am I willing to do to go prepare for that? And um, I know our staff's already had that meeting. We're going to re-meet once we get off the road here recruiting. But uh, I feel really good in terms of the direction. Um, you know, I, I'm a glass half full and it's running over. Like We got really good kids in our program that are going to be young men that are ready to take the next step. And we're already working towards that. We've talked about this a lot before. If you come to Hobart to play football, you're going to get your fair chance. You play very deep. I mean, we, you know, rotation on the D line, all over the place. You put first years on special teams. So anyone who comes here, if you don't get on the field, it's because you didn't earn it. You're going to get that chance. I appreciate that, and I think that's true. I've never, uh, I, I always have guys that maybe think they could be playing more or whatever, but I have no problem having conversations with playing time because our entire staff is going to break it down on on what they're doing. And I like what you said, the word earn. We talk about all the time. Playing time is earned. I don't choose it. It's earned. And, uh, you know, sometimes, um, you know, I grabbed, um, you know, a couple of young, young men afterwards and like their roles will always be bigger if they continue to take it. So there's a couple of young guys that I think can really step up um, at many different positions. And at the same time, our best and most experienced guys have to show out when given the opportunity. So everybody that was a starter this year, all conference, everything else, that's great. As soon as we start uh, our workouts next, guess what? Everyone's back on a clean slate. We're all back earning it all over again. And, and I'm, that's how I attack every day is, you know, how do I get better? How do I improve? And, and I just think that's the mindset in our culture is, yeah, we're going we're gonna to enjoy what we've done. We've earned certain things from the past year. Well, as soon as we flip the script, now it's, it's got to earn it all over again. And I think the, the great ones, the players and the teams that buy into that together, that's when things are going to take off. And Again, I'm optimistic that we got the right men in, in our room and, and the people that are going to go do it. Uh, I'm excited because I think we're going to add to that culture with this recruiting class um, because we do need that. We do need to add some young guys at certain positions to push it. But it's really going to come down to, and I can go through a handful of names of guys this year that were either first-year starters as juniors or seniors that, that they earned their opportunity when their role was called. And you know whether that's next year, a uh, first year this year that's going to be a sophomore, whether that's a, a junior rising senior, and maybe it's a senior that had a good uh, experience that's uh, going to come back and, and finish it up for a fifth year. I don't know, but I'm not so much worried about the, the exact people in those roles yet. It's more the big picture culture piece. And I know from what we're doing from a strength and conditioning standpoint, the well, how well they're doing academically, uh, just the growth process that's here, uh, I feel confident we're going to have the right people in the room. And now we got to go out and prepare for um, you know, what's going to be another um, strong schedule again next year. And that's the thing. We're not going to hide from playing really good teams. And we're, we're close. And um, I talked to a friend who was, when I was out on the road who uh, you know, coached at another school and they would throw a parade if they got to eight wins. You know, I just think we're here. We're unfortunately, unfortunately, I, I remind our guys, it was a good season. Um, never, never looked down on the fact that we had a strong season. We won a couple of those back, but at the same time, we lost to legit, experienced, deep teams. You know, um, but our conference did very well in the postseason. And, uh, you know, minus the, the game we could have won at Utica at the end, our, our conference won everyone, every game that weekend in the postseason. So I think we got to really look at the big picture and, and have – you know, big picture vision while looking small focus. And we talk about that all the time is like taking a step back to reflect the fact that we had a good team, we had a good season, and we're okay. Like a lot of teams would love to have eight wins. So we're already in a really good spot. But I think we're fortunate here that we've had past success. And I think there's a hunger. And that's what I'm going to challenge our players on is how hungry are you to really go do the work to take that next step? Because from eight wins to nine, 10, 11 wins, 
it's it's close. It doesn't sound like substantial, but that's the difference. Is we're going to need to go take a step forward to beat some teams that have have. Like I said, the depth and experience was what kind of cost us in a couple of those games this year. Let's talk about the off-season program when the guys come back from Christmas break. And, of course, the NCAA dictates what you're allowed to do. So what will they be doing when they return from break? Yeah, so we get, we obviously uh, – the guys had a week off during Thanksgiving, you know, right after the bowl game. And, and we all needed that. We needed to take a step back, spend time with friends and family, uh, recharge the batteries a little bit. And we got some guys coming back from some bumps and bruises and, and injuries from the season. But the last two weeks, um, Coach Gray and the staff did a great job that first week back just doing some baseline uh, assessment so that Coach Gray and I and our strength staff are going to look at kind of how the season as a whole went from beginning of August to the end of the season. And some of that's data-driven. Some of that's you know the, the qualitative information of just the talking to the players and kind of seeing where they're at. But I, I've really been pleased with Coach Gray and his staff and everyone that's kind of been a part of that development model that we believe in is going to be a difference maker for us. It has been. There's no doubt. Like we, The way we were able to compete this year uh, was a, a direct correlation to what our guys did in the winter and spring and through the summer. So uh, this past week was just for the guys who are going to be coming back for next year. Um, to really start to fine-tune and focus the fact that, hey, it's a new team. Where's the new leadership going to step up? And I hope every young man, and that's what we're going to meet tomorrow on, is just really talk about as they finish up finals and and really put hopefully a strong finish to this semester, what are we doing over the next five to six weeks when they're away on break? In terms of readying your body, readying your mind to come back, um, you know, really good players don't take six weeks off. You know, there's – it's, there's things that they're going to be doing, you know, whether they're at home, whether they're doing an internship, or you know, some of the guys will be doing some various things, traveling and seeing family or studying abroad, different things. But when we come back in January, there's going to be a very clear plan in place. Um, I, I'm going to correct what you said earlier because we don't use the word off season. We're not in an off season. I think when you turn something off, you you stop developing and stop growing. So we don't really call it the off season. Uh, we're going to head right into our winter workouts which will be uh, you know, four weeks of really intense, four days a week, um, where we're going to work on uh, strength training and explosiveness. That will lead into uh, we're going to start spring ball uh, mid-February and go right through spring break, which is that mid-March. Uh, so there will be four weeks, four and a half weeks there of spring ball. And then right when they come back from spring break, then we got a five-week uh, finish to the spring semester, which is going to be really speed and explosiveness kind of. So there, there's a plan in place. Um, you're right, NCA limits what we can do, but there's going to be tangible things we can do, whether that's small group work that they're going to do on their own, that's video and learning, you know, increasing our, our football knowledge and acumen in terms of the experience and making sure we know our offense and defense and special team schemes better. But I think it's a really big point for those first years that are going to be rising sophomores, those sophomores are going to be rising juniors, the juniors rising seniors, is all to take a, a deep breath and a head start to, to basically say that I'm going to be a better version of myself the next time we put on the pads. Do you have players come into your office after the season and talk about that and say, Coach, this is what I saw in terms of our team or, or this is what I think I can do to be better? Every one of our players, I have that conversation directly. So then they'll have it with their coordinator or position coach. But um, one, I'm open. The door is always open. Um, we want our players to have that open and honest conversation and dialogue back with our staff. So absolutely, we encourage that. But I manifest it and make sure that I have it you know, sit down face-to-face. So we have a couple guys who are going to be away the spring semester studying abroad. So this afternoon I'm going to be meeting with a couple of those guys and making sure that everyone that's not going to be here the spring semester that we all have a face-to-face, in-person conversation to really just have that those, those conversations are so valuable because I want to hear their feedback. 
Uh, every young man in our program has a voice and, and has a right, and we want to hear that. And at the same time, I want them to hear feedback from our end. And I think that's where if you've got a really healthy culture, those conversations are not necessarily negative. Those are positive. Even even if you're given you know critiques, if you're hearing critiques back, like that's how you get better. So I think the guys are, have really embraced that. And where we had those conversations last year, I knew we were in good shape heading into our winter workouts because the returning players, they were clear focused on the things we could have improved last year. And I think we moved the needle in some directions this year. But now let's have those conversations again. And I'll have some of those now, I'll have some of them over the break, and then every one of them again when we start in January that's here in the semester. I'm going to sit down in with them, and we're going to have very clear and honest conversations. And I think that's going to be productive for each one of their individual um, progress. And at the same time, it's going to be best for our team. When you talk about critiques, do you seek that from other coaches that you know, or are they just too busy with their own team? Do you say, hey, what do you think about, you know, you saw what we did? No, it's it's great. Like for me, I, I'm I'm one of those I want to hear uh, honest assessment back. So um, the first thing I did that Monday and Tuesday, right before Thanksgiving, I met with every one of our coaches on our staff. Uh, I'll be sitting down. Uh, I have a couple meetings tomorrow and over break with our support staff. So anyone that touches our program immediately, players, support staff, coaches, I, I'm I'm going to have a conversation with every one of them. And really just to hear their feedback um, and then be able to provide some maybe insight on on maybe something from my perspective on areas that we can improve on. Um, That's why I say I don't think we sit still here. We we don't want complacency or anything to sit in. And um, it's just the way I'm wired. I'm I'm always looking for that next step. What can we do to get better? Um, We're going to do a really good deep dive um, schematically. So right at the end of the season – you know, we, we talked more from a big picture view, but I'm going to sit down with and look at our special teams. I'm going to look at our defense. I'm going to look at our offense. And not just, you know, we talked about the players. That's the personnel uh, and management there. Now we're going to look at the schematic part. So before we get to spring ball, we're going to look at, because I know very, very interesting, like obviously there's going to be certain guys graduating. There's going to be certain roles that we're going to look for other guys to step up. Well, you know, what are we doing making sure that from a, a coaching staff standpoint and the decisions we're making schematically match with what our players do well or like I, I looked at certain things and you know I'm in the car a lot driving for recruiting so my mind's always working and I'm just thinking about different ways that all right let's look at maybe this opportunity for a couple of our young guys to see if that scheme might help um, help them have more success so you know, so we'll have to do that and then to answer your question about the other staff I do I, I seek it from our administration I seek it from other coaches you know, and a lot of it's um, we have really good coaches on our on our campus. So, you know, I'm going to go pop into the winter sports and watch them practice, and you know, spring sports. And that's one of the things that's been a strength here at HWS is that we have really good coaches. I think uh, most of them have um, you know are secure enough that oh, we can sit down and have conversations that another sport that might have completely different X's and O's and how they train or whatever. Well, maybe there's something that we can pick up that helps our young men and. What I really like to do is um, right now talk to other coaches, you know, talk to other staffs. You're out there on the road recruiting, and then that builds up. So we'll go out and do some professional development in the spring and winter just to kind of make sure that our coaches are, you know, my job is to help develop coaches. And, 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 and one way to do that is to just make sure we're taking a peek at what some other places are doing. And, you know, you come back with a couple ideas. And, and the one thing is we've been, uh, you know, we've been the winningest team in New York for the last two decades for a reason. Uh, I don't think you can win by accident. There's been a plan. You know, we every year. Uh, I think it's been really uh, refreshing and healthy to then do a deep assessment on what are our strengths, what are our weaknesses, and then really what are those next things that, without wholesale changes, there's just going to be some adjustments that we want to do to hopefully make it even more efficient next year. 
Do you talk, uh, still talk to Coach Craig a lot? All the time. Yeah, he's a significant mentor for us. And, uh, you know, I, I keep joking around wanting him to come back, just to, <laughs> even if it's a mentoring role. But he is, and he's been great. Um, you know, I think um, – you know, his his wealth of knowledge and experience and then he, he's honest that's what i love about him is like he'll after the game he'll let you know like you know this was a really good decision there or what'd you think of there and he just has a really good football knowledge and and a, and a great mind but more important just a really good person so absolutely talk to him all the time and like i said there's uh colleagues and counterparts at other places that um when when the dust settles here in the season there's they're, they're in the final four in the division three so uh, a lot of times when i'm out on the road i'll try to you know, grab a bite to eat and, you know, break bread over with another coach and just talk. And I think that's uh, it's a good way to uh, just keep it sharp and fresh. What does recruiting look like this time of year? I would assume at this point you've talked to most of the guys you want to talk to and it comes down to closing the deal. It is. It's uh, it's an ongoing process. Uh, recruiting nowadays is 365 days. It, there's no, you know, never a day off. Um, you know, even on the holidays, you know, you, unfortunately and fortunately with the, the cell phone and social media, there's messages, there's calls. Um, so it's um, trying to balance out being a great father and, and uh, partner at home while still being able to be a great coach and, and recruiter. So um, <clears throat> just came back from traveling the last week and a half and getting out. And a lot of it's getting out and seeing uh, young men at their seasons. Some of them are still going on, so we're catching some state playoffs and championships. Um, oftentimes you're going in and you're talking to coaches, you're talking to counselors, you're talking to principals, you're talking to people in the, in the, in the schools that are going to really – identify more who the people are you know you can watch the video you can look at the transcripts but we're really trying to find great people great young men that are going to come in and embody being a great student athlete here on campus but also are hungry and and um, i have no problem saying we want competitive guys that are ready to come in and that's what's going to move the needle to get us to that 9 10 11 12 ultimately you know we, we want to get back to the elite eight and then eventually the final four and to do it at a high academic place we got to be willing to uh, do th- do some things differently than we've done in the past, but at the same time, it's built off of the consistency piece and year in, year out, bringing in the right young men and, and building the roster even stronger, uh, making the culture even stronger than it was this past fall. Have you looked at players in the past where you've said the talent is terrific, he could help us, but I don't think he fits with our culture or program or, or ideas? All the time. you know. And uh, the staff knows one of the questions I ask them is, is the juice worth the squeeze? Um there's a lot of great people that are not always going to be great football players. There's a lot of great talent that's not always going to be great football players. So it's trying to look at there's so many different layers to the recruiting process. Um, I was just in a home uh, the other night with uh, a family and having that conversation with their parents. And you know, you get a sense of wh- how they were raised, what is their work ethic, what is their drive, their motivation. That's what we're trying to do in recruiting. You know, the conversations, the things you need to have – um, you know, it's easy nowadays to find video and, and coaches, high school coaches have been great. They're some of our best resources because they're going to reach out and, and likely someone that's had someone in our program says, this is a Hobart guy. Like they understand that we're different than the average school, how we recruit, how we develop all that's going to be unique and different, but it's a very competitive world out there. There's, um, between the division one, the transfer portal, there's preferred walk-ons, there's scholarships, there's, there's all this. It's a, so many gray areas right now in recruiting is how do we go find, more importantly, the best people that also have talent, 
who also academically fit in and are going to succeed here as students and then you know, find out like, all right, how does that fit into our scheme? So there's a lot of different layers to it, but um, the really good coaches uh, you know, love recruiting and I do. I absolutely love it. It's relationship building. It's the ability to really assess. And I think we've done a really good job in the past finding the right guys who maybe are not fully grown, fully developed, fully polished as football players. Well, let's go recruit good people, good athletes first, and then we'll figure out how their role is going to be here at Hobart. And um, that's why I'm excited so far. We're, we're, we're talking to some really good young men and their families and uh, hopefully going to be able to go close and, and bring in the right group that's going to help push us forward. In your time here, you've been almost unbeatable at home, a little bit over 500 on the road. What's the key to road wins? Um, I think... Early on, it was, um, you know, when you go on the road, it happened to be like the teams that we lost to, uh, for the most part, were really good teams. I think for us, uh, we just have been really strong at home. Uh, I think the last couple games, and unfortunately we lost a close one, we've, we've won the close games at home. And if you look at it, we've lost a couple of the close games on the road. Uh, I actually don't think, and, and I might be saying this, you know, I don't want people to read this the wrong way, but like, I think it comes down to the execution more than the location. It's like we're not playing in front of, you know, 100,000 people that it's that much of a home field advantage. I love our fans. Uh, I love the support. But our loyal fans, they travel to us, you know, travel far and wide anyway. So uh, our, our support, and I really appreciate the families, the friends, everyone that, that comes in and supports our team, and even the, those alumni and fans that aren't able to be there but, you know, watch online, listen to you. Obviously, you do a great job covering us, and the feedback's been great. So, um, But I think the, I, I think the stats, um, when you really pull back on it, partly when you travel, uh, there's just a lot of more variables like – I love our home tradition. We know, you know, our victory walk and some of the traditions. They get to sleep in their own bed. There's a lot of things that you can control some of the variables. We talk about controlling our controllables all the time. I think that's a part of it. When you're on the road, we try to keep it consistent. But, you know, for example, we had a, a situation for one of our games where the bus driver took the wrong turn, we arrived late, and all of a sudden it kind of just changes your pregame approach. So, um, But I, I do think when you look at it over the last couple of years, winning the close games we've done a better job of that at home than on the road um and i don't know if that's a focus thing i don't know if that you know you could you could point a lot of different ways i think there's more qualitative reasons to it than just quantitative but i do know i want to be a great team regardless if we're home or away and and uh to me uh if you're really good and we talked about controlling our focus and our mental toughness it shouldn't matter whether we're home or away so i hope you'll see that um moving forward over the next year and moving forward that you won't see that disparity uh or excuse me discrepancy between the home and away the liberty league would love to get another team to eliminate that odd team that has to be off every week during the league season i know there's some movement going on with one of the conferences in new england have you heard anything new about someone coming to the liberty league we've pushed uh we would we would welcome it the the, the challenge for us is the academic nature of our teams um and it's voted on by the, at the president level uh obviously and then down so we as coaches w- would welcome more teams and it helps the scheduling piece the scheduling's been a, a pain um in a lot of different ways just because we've lost some teams that, that have you know pulled out on us and um you know unfortunately that leaves you scrambling to find some games and we've had a you make up for that. I mean, my first year, we only had nine games. And I, I was contacting everyone across the country to try to get games. Um, you know, then you look at budgets, travel-wise. Like, we're going to have to. The reality right now, unless something changes, which um, I would love that. I also think that um, a lot of football-playing schools don't necessarily jump into the Liberty League because it's a pretty competitive conference right now. So it's like, unless you're a member for all the sports – 
Um, you know, you, you, you see the teams a couple of years ago, the, the Springfields, the, you know, the Merchant Marines, the, the WPI, some of the teams that have been in our conference that left, um, they went into conferences that gave them a, a strategically a better advantage. Um, and it made sense for them regionally. But so where we are landlocked around, a lot of conferences around us don't need it. So I think we're going to have to be really strategic as a league to try to position ourselves to add a couple, um, I'll believe it when I see it. So I think right now we're preparing for our non-conference schedule is going to get harder and it's going to be more traveling, um, which isn't necessarily all a bad thing. But same time, it comes down to unless they change the model of how you get in the NCAA playoffs. And here's the reality. They might not say it, but there's probably only 5% of teams in the country that are truly competing to be in the NCAA playoffs. Some teams are just trying to position themselves to have a good regular season. That's okay. So I'm I'm glad and, and I'm, I'm proud that Hobart is in a situation where we, we want to not only win our conference, we want to go in and, and not just get in the playoffs. We want to go win playoff games and position ourselves to advance. So to do that, maybe some of our decisions have to be strategic compared to some other teams that are you know okay would whatever happens, knowing that they're not necessarily going to play in the postseason. So, um, you know, as long as I'm here, um, to the competitiveness, myself, and, and the support of our administration and our players and our coaches, we're going to do everything we can to have as strong of a season as possible, but be willing to play good teams that might not mean it's an undefeated season, but might mean that you're going to have to play better competition so that when you play in the postseason, you're prepared for those opportunities. And that's that's where we were when we were rolling. You know, I think of my last couple of years as the offensive coordinator, you know, those four consecutive seasons, you know, in the NCAA playoffs, we had a great run. You know, we had a strong strength of schedule, um, but it was also a different conference. It was different lineups. Um, the way it happened this year with only 32 teams getting in the, in the NCAA playoffs and only four being at large, it, it just shows. I mean, if we were a 9-1 and team with our strength of schedule because of our conference play, we could have been considered for it. So we still got to go win our conference or win games there. But I think these coming four, five, six years, and it changes. There's a lot of two-year agreements and cycles. So what we're saying now might change in a year or two. But I do believe we're going to have a um, a strong, strong 20, 2024 fall schedule. And then right now, I'm working diligently on 25 and 26 those next two years. Can you tell us anything about uh, out-of-conference opponents in 2024? Still working on one logistics right now. Um, I can tell you right now, there's a team that we're going to be playing that's um, you know hasn't lost uh, very much in the last three or four years. They're one of the top five, six teams in the country. That'll be coming up soon. That'll be an away trip. We'll get a home and away in a two-year agreement. There's another team that'll be new that's coming in that originally we had a two-year agreement, but we're, that's what we're working on. So I don't I want to say their names yet because we're trying to – a couple of the conferences that we had agreements with, this is what happens. They're getting in an alignment with another conference, so they're going to have yeah. to break some of those games. So I believe right now that we're going to be set for 10 games in 24 – um, some similar opponents, um, you know, we've lost a couple of the Empire Eights because of some of their agreements, uh, but we're hoping to keep some of the local teams. But we're going to be traveling to a couple other states in the next couple of years, which isn't a bad thing because they're areas that we're going to be recruiting in and we have alumni in. Um, but I'm really trying to make sure that we're positioning ourselves that we're going to always play one or two teams that are, you know, won their conference, NCAA playoff teams, 
because that's that's where we have been and that's where we want to be back to. And uh, I think we're heading in the right direction. I want to give a shout out before we wrap up the season to the families. Uh, they a number of them have reached out to us. They've been tremendously supportive of our broadcasts. And I want to thank you because you just you'll you'll answer anything I ask week after week. And and the fans love it. They uh, you know if the podcast isn't up when it's time, <laughs> they, they I start getting you know, email so. messages. When's it going to be up? Yeah, and I, I'd also like to piggyback that. I mean, there's a lot of things. It's one of the things I would say like, when we finish up around Thanksgiving, you really take some time to give gratitude where it needs to go. And, and um, you know, so I, uh, when I met with our staff, I thanked our staff. You know, I thanked our players for, like I said, the commitment level. There's a, it's a long season. You know, we were the first on campus in August, and we were the last to finish up with the fall sports. Um, and I, I, like I said, I love our players. I don't mind saying the word love. We, we work them hard. We hold them to high standards. But I love the effort that they gave. Our guys played hard. And, and um, again, we weren't perfect. No one's perfect. But if we played hard, it was going to take care of a lot of different things. And and then all the families, the support. I mean, we have a lot of uh, you know people on campus, the administration and support staff that helped our, our guys have a successful season. And then the families, you know, that, that travel and, and, and do a lot to um, – you know, just make sure that they're supporting our guys. And, and obviously some families are more supportive than others in terms of, you know, understanding that, you know, 18, 19, 20-year-olds are not perfect. You know, we all make mistakes. And uh, so I really just appreciate everyone that, that helps uh, our guys grow. And, and uh, that's what I'm proud of is, you know, through the wins, through the losses, we're better versions of ourselves. And, you know, we hold these guys to high standards. And that comes only happens if the families will support what we're trying to do with their, their sons and, and their loved ones. And then, you, you know, I think you've done a great job. You know, uh, I hear it all the time. You know, if I don't unfortunately hear the podcast, you know, and, and I know you do a great job just knowing the game, supporting our players, good, bad, and indifferent. Uh, I'm sure there's times you've questioned calls and all that, but at the same time, I love the fact that, um, you know, that you do a great job, not just with Hobart football, but with all of our HWS athletes. Uh, we know, like I always say, like, you know, when you got a really good one, when, when, you go and either have to hear someone else or, you know, we go on the road and it's different support and different that. So, um, so we're very appreciative of, you know, just doing these conversations. You, you, the fact that you're, you do your research, you know, our opponents, you know, not just going off of a stat sheet, but digging in deeper. So we do appreciate it. And, uh, you know, again, I just, on behalf of everyone in the Hobart football family, we appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks very much. I really appreciate that. It means a lot. You'll find this podcast wherever you find your podcasts, Apple, uh, Amazon, uh, wherever else you get podcasts. And, of course, you get your uh, athletics information on the official website of HWS, hwsathletics.com. And I uh, will just close by saying August is going to be here soon. So let's get ready for Team 130. Let's get it going. <laughs>